No, don't check your feed. The music might have been different, but the voice is the same. This is the doc, and this is a new segment we are debuting on in the fight.net's in the fight show. We are calling it Book It Better Pow. And in this case, we are looking at WWE's NXT and the disaster that is NXT losing the Wednesday Night War to AEW and the fallout of cuts, Triple H, chaos ensuing. I wrote a three-piece Doc's Diagnosis on InTheFight.net. You can go and check it out there, outlying that this whole thing was one Vince McMahon's fault. Vince McMahon is the only guy that can fix it. And then I outlined five ways that Vince McMahon could fix it. One of the most read articles on InTheFight.net's history, and I appreciate all of you for reading it. However, one individual, Big Brad Wolf, comes at me on the Twitter machine, crushing me, crushing me for my takes on NXT and pro wrestling as a whole. So I said, you know what? Why don't we give Mr. Big Brad Wolf an outlet? Let's give him the microphone. We're equal opportunists here on In The Fight. So what better way to kick off Book It Better Pal than inviting an outsider into the equation? Big Brad Wolf. I invited Big Brad Wolf onto this program, and Big Brad Wolf showed up. Here's the conversation that I had with Big Brad Wolf. Canadian accent there? No, I, I don't have a Canadian accent. Um, your audio is not great, but it's probably better than listening to your voice, though. But I will admit it's better than your articles, so already an improvement for sure. Well, I appreciate it. I, look, I, I said I wouldn't talk over you. Welcome to Book It Better, pal. Book it yeah. better. I'm going to mute my mic. You, okay, well, I never said I would book it better. What I said was is that you just took a really unrealistic approach to, to this whole thing. And even stating that it was not fixed in the first place, it was broken, is basically what you were saying. And, and the problem is, is that that's not even correct. You basically put on your 2K22 GM mode for wrestling and then decided that, oh, I know, this is what I'll do in a perfect scenario. We're going to make these changes on there. And basically, in the end, you just basically reversed it back to 2015. That's all you did. And the article was kind of simplistic at best. Sometimes simple works, man. You're going to come on. That's all. So all the shit that you talked on the Internet, you're going to come on here and that's all you're going to say? I'm giving you the opportunity to come out here and lay this whole thing out. Lay me out. See, I knew it. I knew you were going to talk so much smack on, online and not have the guts to say it virtually, in this case, because of a pandemic, to my face. What would you do if we were face-to-face -face here, pal? If I was face-to-face -face with you right now? Are you insinuating yeah, that I wouldn't be able to say what I'm saying, that it was a hack job on an article that you did, Basically saying that, oh, this is what I would do. This is what I would do. I would take it off of the USA Network. I would make these changes on there. Like so, like these options are even available to Vince McMahon if he wanted to make these changes. But you know everything, and you know how to fix everything, and you're insinuating that if I was there right now, are you a tough guy or something? You think that I wouldn't be able to talk to you in person? Is that what it is? Are you just a big bad guy? I don't think that you'd be able to big talk to me. swinging radio junk, that's you? Yeah, but exactly. That is correct. Yeah, Look, okay. If you ask my wife, medium size. 
she may, she, okay, well, you know what? Maybe your your wife's being kind when she says that to you. But the oh, fact absolutely. of the matter is, if I, was, if I was right there right now in your face, I would give you a big hug and tell you that I miss you, brother. Welcome to the program, Big Brad Wolf. For those of you who don't know, this is the greatest tag team that never was, the new Can-Am Connection. Yeah. Big Brad Wolf, welcome as the first ever guest on Book It Better. And hold on a second here. I got a little girly drink. Uh, they don't sponsor the show, so I can't show it, but fair enough. Let's talk some professional wrestling. You did, take, you did take umbrage in my articles uh, about NXT, but let's start there. I did use air quotes for fix it because I, I don't think, and we talked about this offline, mm-hmm. I don't think that NXT needs to be fixed in the sense that I, the, a lot of the internet wrestling community thinks it needs to be fixed. I don't want to call it smart marks, but dirt sheet readers, that kind of stuff. It is what it is, or it should be what it is. Developmental territory. Right. And you threw me off there in the beginning when you asked me to fix it, because I wasn't going to fix it yet. I wanted to wait until we'd already shown that we were actually friends and didn't hate each other to fix it. But so here's here's what it is, and here's what it comes down to. Uh, NXT is supposed to be a developmental territory. It's not supposed to be going head to head with AEW. And I think that pissed Vince McMahon off because now AEW has a victory. They, they, they landed a jab on WWE's chin. And I think that made Vince furious. He never wanted it to, to go like that. And then he looks at NXT. He looks at his investment. And what does he see? He sees a third rate wrestling roster. And on top of that, on top of that, what Vince loves to do is he looks at, at his territorial, you know, his developmental territories and where are my stars? Who's coming in next? And he doesn't see that. He sees an indie promotion doing indie wrestling completely empty of what he sees. Now, let me make sure I'm being clear about that. I don't necessarily agree with him with his evaluation of some of these talents, but that's what he sees. He sees these people as not stars. They're not people who are going to lead his company. They're not the people who are going to take over for Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins. He sees them as too old, too small, and not stars, people who aren't stars. And I'll take it a step further. If you look at the list of people that he's released, objectively, they're probably the people that you wouldn't look at and say, that's those are stars. They're super attractive or whatever it is. He's gotten rid of a lot of of crowd favorites who maybe don't have that star look and just reiterating. I'm not saying it's my opinion. I'm saying that's what it looks like. He's gotten rid of. You look at Braun Strowman, you look at Bray Wyatt, you, you look at uh, Ruby Riot. These are people who, who he may look at and be like, this isn't my star. This isn't somebody who's going to make me money. And I, I don't want to pay for an independent promotion in NXT. This is my developmental territory. So triple H you've had your chance. You failed miserably at what I expected. Not only did we lose to AEW, but now I have nothing coming down the pipe for the next couple years in terms of stars. So we're scrapping this. I'm going to release all these people who are costing me money, but are not going to turn into stars for me. And I'm going to release people I'm overpaying right now because AEW is in the, is in the red over the video game, right? The video game that they did. So now they're, they're minus, right? They are losing money right now is the best time to release talent. AEW already is low on cash, so you can release Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman, and you can possibly even further strap them for money. That's what did WCW in two yeah. two options. I think there's two ways to look at it when with that 
that AEW, and I'm not, I'm not an AEW mark. I'm a pro wrestling fan. We're going to get to that in a little bit because it's okay to be a fan of professional wrestling. You should be. <laughs> yeah, AEW has the, they're in the red because of this video game. Allegedly, it's in a separate column, but Maybe. still, it's it's red. Look, that game from the video game aspect, and we can talk about this later on in future shows. You're you're a collector, right? You're you're a, you're a pro wrestling toy guy. Yeah. It's 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 amazing. I'm a video game guy to some extent. If this game hits the way that they're expecting it, forget it. They're going to make a, a, a ton of money, and, and they're going to make money hand over fist. But to get back to your point. NXT did create stars, and and, and people are going to say, "Well, who, who? Charlotte Flair, Paige, Roman Reigns." That's in 2014. Yeah, correct. Seth, they did. I'd argue Seth Rollins. I would, even though he was elsewhere, he was polished. He became polished in NXT. Dean Ambrose, the the Shield as a whole, became polished in NXT. Went up to the, the entire women's team. division as we know it. Absolutely, NXT developmental. It was right. the Divas division. We had women rolling around in skimpy clothes, which I'm not saying is a bad thing, but it's not pro wrestling. And then NXT single-handedly developed Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and even Natty went down there and helped, you know, tool them up. And then all the women, uh, you know, coming right now to, to WWE, with the exception of, of Asuka, even Asuka went through NXT, but she already had the skills. They've gone through there and they've come up and they've been great. Bianca Belair is an example. They've all been great. So NXT has done well in the past. But as soon as they bumped it up to compete with AEW, they threw away that playbook, and they, they turned into their own independent wrestling company. Did they need to? That's the real thing. I, I, I think in the Vince McMahon mind, oh, crap, we got this. We don't compete with any. We compete with everybody. We're not, a, we're not competing strictly with AEW. Yeah, but you just went and hoarded a bunch of talent just for the sake of hoarding talent. You put a guy like a Kushida who didn't wrestle tonight on NXT, or a Roderick Strong, who, look, they're smaller guys. They, they, they aren't the typical WWE guy. If you put them in AEW, is it a game changer? Probably not. But it, it's this weird dynamic of why did they go in that direction in the first place? Because what they were doing was working. They Obviously, I think it was a bit of a pissing contest. I think Triple H wanted to... You know, show that he had the goods to do this. He, I think, he wanted to destroy Cody. I think that was his plan: is that he was going to put a show on that he, he and Sean were going to book it, and and they were going to grab these talents. And Vince probably signed off on it, but he said, if this doesn't work, I'm shutting it down. We're going to go back to developmental, and I, I'm certain they had that conversation. And then they didn't, they couldn't compete, I and mean, I don't even believe it was close. It, it really it wasn't NXT one in the war NXT one a couple weeks, but I, I think the overall problem is when you look at NXT. I loved NXT. I still love NXT. I enjoy watching it from a professional wrestling standpoint. But where I get frustrated as a fan is when the guys that are developed, Carrying Cross is the is the example, and I don't like him. Look, he screwed us over on. Funk Masters of Pro Wrestling, and didn't come on the program after he said he would. So I am not a fan of his. That, that's enough. just my personal beef. He doesn't know. He doesn't care. But here's a guy that was booked like a monster for however long, a year. You bring him up, and he's losing to Jeff Hardy because you got to make a point. Like, you, you're cutting off your nose despite your face. Yeah, however, 
mean, John Cena was brought up and, and he lost his first match. Now, you can argue that in losing, he made a good point, though, right? I mean, people would have been shocked. Yes, but he, he, he launched the era and he, you know, he did well for himself in the loss. It, it is a bit of a head scratcher having him lose to, to Jeff Hardy, but uh, Vince likes to make those points sometimes, and even if it seems like it's counterproductive. And, and who knows? He may have looked at Vince the wrong way backstage. That's happened. You can ask Tyler Breeze. That's happened. Tyler Breeze, his entire career took a nosedive the moment one night he he left early from a show after he was told by one of the road agents, um, yeah, he can get out of here early. And they ended up needing somebody to wrestle, and Vince saw Tyler Breeze leaving the show, and that was it. That that push that he was slated to get, he didn't. And he went on to be sub-pushed, if you want to call it that, for years. So who knows? Who knows what Karrion did backstage? He May have done nothing, or, or Vince just wanted to send a message to everybody that it doesn't matter what you did in NXT. Don't come in here with a chip on your shoulder, or whatever. But And I still think that Karrion Cross may turn out to be a, a higher echelon main event guy. He may. But it is a bit of a head-scratcher to bring him in like that. I, I just think it's a lot of guys that you bring them in recently, more recently. Obviously, some of the older crop, not so much. But you bring them in, they develop a character have a little bit of a, a the core following, right? Look, WWE wants to be worldwide, and they are. I mean, they're huge. They're the biggest wrestling company in the planet they, for a reason. Mm-hmm. And they're 40 years ahead of AEW. But you, you create these guys, these potential stars, and they, you, like, you handcuff it to prove a point. I guess that's just the issue sometimes when you have uh, one man, in theory, in charge of the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, it, Bully Ray was talking about it on Busted Open a week or so ago after all kind of all of this went down. And he was talking about the ECW guys coming in, how that you had these qualified stars coming in, right? The Dudleys, Rob Van Dam, all these dudes. And Vince McMahon gets a hold of them and he has to knock them down a peg. Chris Jericho just celebrated the what, the twenty Jesus, twentieth anniversary of him debuting, and he had to knock him down a little bit. It just, to me, it, it's mind-boggling when there is an alternative now. That's not yeah. your in-house alternative. I can go watch a, a, another channel and be highly entertained. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. And the, his reasons, like, we're not privy to everything that happens backstage. It's entirely possible he walked in with a chip on his shoulder, and 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 that was it. But, yeah, I mean, you, you can't not come back from that. He can come back from that. You can have him win, but... I've seen careers killed for, you know, for a variety of reasons. Uh, Rusev was on his tear, and then it was announced on TMZ that he and Lana were getting engaged in the middle of that angle where she was supposed to be with Dolph Ziggler, and that was it. Rusev never recovered from that. They put him as a jobber to the stars, you know. he that was, And that was foolish to me because you spent all this time feeding all of this talent out the door, Big Show, Mark Henry, Jack Swagger, the entire New Day came from being just destroyed by Rusev repeatedly. All these guys were you know, fed on the way out to Rusev to make him into this monster, this main event heel monster, which he's going to be. He absolutely is. And then because they, they broke the character, whatever it is, now you're going to have to you know, bury him for, for years. And you know, Emma, she stole a cell phone cover, and that was it. So... It, to me, I, I don't understand why the long punishments. I, I know you want to keep your your roster afraid of you for whatever reason, 
but it shows in the product. When I watch, when I watch it, it looks like people afraid to lose their job in the ring. There's nobody who's authentic. Bray Wyatt was authentic, but you let him go. You have people out there who are overly scripted and scared when they perform, and and that comes across. So um, I didn't really mean to start trying to fix WWE in general, but the, some of the decisions I think are are very frustrating, and I think that's why NXT has a bit more of a a positive feel to it because you have a little more freedom in NXT to mess up, make mistakes. You don't have to be perfect. You can find yourself a little bit, and that's just not there when you get to WWE. No, that's true. And we'll get back to WWE in a second, but let's let's focus on NXT here real quick. And I, I, I don't want to use the term fix, but it's obviously going back to a developmental brand. You're in charge. We're going to give you the pencil, right? You're, you're going to, you're Triple H here. You're, you're talking with Vince McMahon. How do you do it? There has been rumor that they're going to go back to some taped shows for a little while. They're going to change the look and feel to the Capitol Wrestling Complex. I'm a big firm believer it doesn't need to be on. USA, I was very adamant in that in my piece that it really shouldn't be because then it gives the illusion of it is a third brand and it is to compete with AEW. Mm -hmm. I I like the idea of certain guys being there. Samoa Joe is perfect there right now because he is so good at what he does. He should be elsewhere, whether it's another company or up top on the main roster, but that's he's not. He's a perfect guy there to put people over. What do you do with it? Like, how do you how do you take the step back now without? I want to say without uh, devaluing the brand, so to speak. Well, I think you have to. It it was put into a spot it shouldn't have been in. So you take it back to where it was and do what your intention was, which was to cultivate talent. And that's where they're going to get bigger and younger. I think we'll see a lot of that. I think me a lot of 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds um, brought in and, and put through the program. So I think you look at NXT, and who do you have in NXT right now who's legit? You have Adam Cole. Where is he going to go? Is, what, what are we doing with him? It doesn't fit into Vince's, you know, stereotype of this huge guy, or stereotype of this huge guy, but he has, he's a star. He's got the star quality. Oh, yeah. You let him go elsewhere, and I think you're, you regret it. If, if you had to let go, if, if they said, all right, look, you've got this, this, this company, and you can let go of Braun Strowman on down to keep Adam Cole, or you can let go of Adam Cole and keep all these other guys, what would you do? Would you have kept Adam Cole and let the other guys go, or would you have kept the other guys and let Adam Cole go? I would have kept Adam Cole. Bray Wyatt is different. If you take Bray Wyatt out of there, I meant with everybody else, I would have – what would you have done? I would have kept Adam Cole myself. Oh, yeah. If I'm WWE, I'm doing, and apparently they are, everything in their power to keep Adam Cole on that roster. because You have to. You you have to. He is too valuable with the forbidden door, which we'll get to. He goes to – there's two promotions he goes to, one with national TV and the other, I think, being New Japan, and it changes the dynamic. There's just so much going on there that he immediately changes the, the dynamic. That being said, he's almost the complete opposite of the typical WWE guy. I mean, he's he's got to be what, uh, maybe six foot, buck seventy five. If he's if he's wearing Lana's heels, maybe. But he's a smaller guy, but he's a star, and you don't have to invest time in him. He's there, right? Well, he's ready. You, t- you put him on Raw. Don't job him out in his first couple matches. Let everybody see him for a big shot that he is, and then. That's it. You don't waste any more of his prime in NXT. 
And you do that. You look at who who's on NXT, and I think that's what, what they've been doing. Who are we investing yeah. in? What's the age group? We need to get rid of many. Look at Aaliyah, right? Aaliyah's been there. For how many years has, has Aaliyah been? Seven, eight years? I Wasn't she, and I could be wrong without She's looking new. it up. New. Wasn't, wasn't she on Tough Enough? Or like part of like she one of the last... She wasn't on Tough Enough. She was on um, whatever that show was, like when they first... Breaking Ground. Break, that's it, yeah, which was she's good. On, very, and her name was Noof. That was the name. And she yeah. keeps coming up as somebody who they're like, oh, should we cut her, should we cut her? But the thing is, is they haven't. Not because she's a great wrestler, but because you look at her and she's a star. You can see that in her. And that's why they refuse to let her go because Vince or whoever is doing the town evaluation says, I see her and that this is somebody who can be in movies. And that's Vince's obsession. Is this a movie? Is this TV? Per-? And he, you look at her and you're like, boom. She is. So you know what? I'm going to let somebody like Ruby Riot go, a proven in-ring performer, but maybe doesn't have the star look that Vince likes, and we're going to keep somebody who's light years behind her in-ring, but can maybe get there one day. But it doesn't really matter, because if this person's on your TV and, you know, Joe Blow is flipped through the channels and they see her on there, I'm going to stop and watch this person, because this person has that charisma to keep me tuned in. And I think that's what we're going to see. We're going to see a lot of of stars brought in at young ages mixed with people who are well past their prime and have them working together. They're going to be teaching the young ones to do their thing, and that's what NXT should be. People past their prime who are no longer going to be contributing on the main roster, just teaching all the tricks to the young ones. And that's, that's what NXT should be right now. I I would agree with you. Samoa Joe is a prime example. Now, I don't know that he's – he's on the – his prime, he's weird. He's a weird case, right? Because he's not super old. I think he's under 40. I could be wrong. He's probably closer to, to me than you. You're a little bit older. Uh, but he's been around for, for so long. That wasn't a shot. I'm just, you're older than me. Like, you have more gray. No, you're right. I am. I am. So he's kind of a. a, a Samoa I'm, Joe. Samoa Joe's older than me. Is he really? Yeah. How is he really? I'm not 50, you jerk. Well, I know, but he's 42. Wow. God, we're getting old. Because I watched him in 2004 on uh, Ring of Honor television on WGTW 48. Anyway. But that makes a good point. He's 42. So Vince isn't going to invest another five years in him. No. no, Mojo's not going to be wrestling at 50. At least not on the large Yeah. So NXT, as a lead trainer, somebody who can teach somebody, especially ring psychology, which Samoa Joe is fantastic at. He's he's one of the very few in the in the business still who's able to tell a story in a match, and and maintain character authenticity. He's very very entertaining to watch. So he's somebody who's very valuable to have, and I think that's who you keep around people like that. So we've trained them now. We have these guys who they should. William Regal, prime example. Remember, I I, I respect. I can remember watching Lord Stephen Regal back in on Nitro, thirty years, twenty five years ago, and I'm like, oh. This guy again, like, come on now. But the older you get, the more you watch it. When you start watching it from a different aspect, it's like, hey, this guy, this guy's good. Yeah. So he's a perfect guy to have there, right? Norman, Norman Smiley, you know, big wiggle man. He is a great trainer down there. He was a gimmick on Nitro. and, and Yeah. He was a joke. He at was. least we thought so at the time. He was somebody you didn't take seriously, like, whatever. But then you realize he was doing his job perfectly. That's what they wanted him to come out there. Do his little seven-minute spiel for the crowd, entertain everybody, and then walk it back to the ring or ride it back to the ring, whatever it was. Yeah. But he was he was good. And he Terry was, Taylor, 
look at Terry Taylor. Yep. I mean, same thing. A lot of people credit the entire uh, Big Show's career to Terry Taylor when when they you know found this seven footer in New Jersey. Um, it was Terry Taylor at the power plant who was apparently had him doing the giant salt top rope backflip on right. crash pads. Um, so you need people like that. You do. But aside from that, you just you bring in a bunch of 20 year olds, bring them in there and train them. It's time to move past the look at all your 30 year olds. There shouldn't be any in NXT unless they're clearly there to train. But there shouldn't be any there on the roster in, in terms of, of working to become big at this point. So we've identified our talent. We're going to create these next stars. Well, how do we transition from NXT developmental to the main roster? The, the, the point to me, kind of let's put it back in uh, for some of the older people listening. I want to say NXT like WWF superstars or wrestling challenge, right? Like, yeah, every now and then you would see Hulk Hogan on the show like four times a year or Randy Savage. But you'd always have guys, uh, Million Dollar Man defeats, you know, Joe Blow from uh, Piscataway kind of deal. That's NXT in, 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 a, in a nutshell. So now these these ta- this talent is going to the main roster. We don't have to, we don't have to do that again. But we are now. So how do we get past that? Like, what's the what's the solution here? Is there one? I think we should. I think part of the rite of passage for NXT is that these guys end up going on Raw or SmackDown, and you know, using Tyler Breeze as an example, you have Mike Dalton go up to Raw and get squashed. You know, or whoever on the go to SmackDown and, and get trashed over there. But that's part of their thing, right? They go up there, they job out. Because I love watching older wrestling now. And then you see somebody you're like, oh my gosh, they're like, versus Terry Richards. You're like, that's Rhino. Holy crap, you know? Or even the Hardys. You can go back to watching Superstars from 94, 95, and you see these two tiny little kids get the snot beat out of them. And it's Matt and Jeff Hardy and, and just the bumps that they took. And you see. I love that. I always, I've always liked watching the superstar versus, and I say this affectionately, the jobber. That was big for me because that would show how powerful the superstar was. They were this huge deal. They had all these awesome moves, and oh man, they could just destroy a regular person. So that means when superstar goes against superstar, I want to watch because that match means something. But now it's superstar versus superstar all the time, nonstop. And I, to me, it makes the matches worth nothing because it doesn't matter if. Seth Rollins loses to Cesaro this week or whatever, because um, he may win next week. These matches are meaningless. There's just time to kill between two commercial breaks is how it feels. And that's that's what I don't like about it right now. But you're right. That's kind of veering off into a different um, different topic. I, I think the surprise, and this is tough to do in the Internet age, of having a superstar in NXT and then they make their debut is, do you want – and Vince is big on this. He, want, he hates silence. He, right. And that, that killed Adam Rose's entire career because he didn't get a loud enough pop the day after WrestleMania. Yep. That was done. Done. One shot they gave him. So, Which is interesting because that was a fun gimmick in NXT. Great gimmick. Yeah, you know, like, uh, do you go back to the, the – remember how things used to be built up back in the day? You would have vignettes of – for weeks of so-and-so was coming. And now you actually own footage to where before you couldn't say, like, Texas Tornado, right? You had to know who Kerry Von Erich was and really be like, oh, my God, that's Kerry Von Erich. He's showing up. This is great. 
you, they build up the Texas tornado as this guy. Well, now you have footage of these people. Well, I use Aaliyah for an example of her destroying certain talent. You send Natalia down for a, for a, a one night. She lives down there. Aaliyah beats her. You have it on film. You can use yeah. it to say, look who this person is. Yeah. Just, to me, they don't do that. Like, I, I, I don't expect, uh, let's use someone, Bronson Reed, recently released, right? Comes up to the main roster. I don't expect him to beat Roman Reigns on night one, but I do expect him to make an impact. Yeah. Now he might make an impact in a different way, but that's a you know that's a pun. Yeah. Well, no, but you're right. The the promos, the vignettes, that was the foreplay, man. Why do they not do that? You remember? I mean, look at some of the best entrances, best debuts. Uh, obviously, we could talk about Jericho. That countdown going for months. Man, that was the biggest tease ever. We thought it might be Jericho. We suspected it was Jericho. But there was no there was no guarantee that it was Jericho. There wasn't until the lights came back on and he was standing there like this. Then we knew it was Jericho, and then everybody and their mother popped. Huge for that moment. When Taz, right? The like that was a big buildup. The weighing 260 pounds from Hollywood, California. Gold Dust, the Gold Dust promos. Yep. We saw those for weeks and weeks. So when they debuted, we knew who they were. We knew what we were expecting. We knew what was going on. And Vince got his part where he didn't have to put somebody out there. And the crowd's like, who, who's this guy? Right. And that, I don't know why they don't do that. That's such a great part of television is is that buildup. And they don't do it enough. That's for sure. Well, they definitely I mean, don't do it on Raw. That's for sure. Well, I mean, look, even Glacier, one of the worst characters ever oh, in wow. WCW, but I was psyched for whoever Glacier was because until of those he up. until he showed up, and that yeah. was not what I was expecting. But it didn't matter because they had brought me to the edge, and I wanted this. I wanted to see Glacier on TV. And then when Glacier showed up, it was a big letdown. But the point is is that everybody was excited about it. But they just don't do that now, right? They bring somebody in there, and they're like, oh, where is this guy? And then sometimes – I mean, look, the Viking experience. Uh, yeah. Like, come on. You could have – Give us some vignettes, and, and then you could have learned before they debuted that they're not going to be called the Viking Experience. Well, look, there's a team, the War Raiders, that came, again, independent scene guys. They're a tag team, so that's almost a whole separate show, a whole separate conversation, because tag team wrestling just doesn't exist in WWE anymore. He doesn't like tag team wrestling. That, it costs twice as much to put that match on than it does for any other match. That is true. That should have been over. It, it's just interesting now that... Has wrestling changed? See, to me, we're going to talk about AEW here in a second and the return to pro wrestling. Uh, yeah, WWE is the only show. I, I, I know TNA and I know Ring of Honor and, and New Japan recently with the, the streaming. But for 20 years, it was WWE and WWE only. Did that muddy Vince McMahon's mind? Because he was the, a creative genius, did it muddy his mind that much to just say, this is what it is now? I'm just going to go out and give you 50-50 booking and whatever, pal, I'm getting $10 billion on from Peacock. So yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, it is. Because you, sadly, Vince McMahon wants to be more than what he is. It's the P.T. Barnum syndrome, right? You do this one thing awesome, but you really want to be accepted and appreciated by the next tier up of people. He wants to be a, an entertainer, a television producer. He wants to be known for it. He doesn't want to be a wrestling promoter. He's made that very clear by banning the word wrestling. It, I'm, it, I don't know how many more years until he's going to change the name from WrestleMania to just Mania. Don't laugh. I think that's going to happen sooner than people think. 
It's just going to be called Mania. And he wants to be a television guy, not a wrestling guy. So he looks at what's popular in wrestling, and he stays away from it, despite the fact that his audience, as much as he wants it to not be that way, are pro-wrestling fans. We're not sports entertainment fans. We want pro-wrestling, which is why WWE itself is the heel right now. And, right. and WWE being the heel is why AEW was able to step in and be the babyface. Yeah. It's not yeah. necessarily because of, of the excellence in what they're, they're giving. They're just doing something different than WWE, and that's made them the babyface here. Uh, so to answer your question, yes, you're right. Vince, Vince is, is making sure to not do what we kind of, what a large percentage of his audience wants him to do. Well, and, and it's even, you bring it back to the W, forget WWE versus AEW, it's even WWE versus WWE, Raw and SmackDown. Uh, there was a great promo exchange between Roman Reigns, which, by the way, is the best storyline going in professional wrestling right now. I am highly entertained. Now, it needs to pay off where everyone knows it's going if you smell what I'm cooking, and that's okay because it's pro wrestling, for God's mm -hmm. sake. There was an exchange between John Cena and Roman Reigns on SmackDown. That was incredible. Now, you, you read all the stuff on the Internet. It's, well, they didn't see each other all day. Paul Heyman was facilitating back and forth between the two, kind of a bullet point thing. It wasn't scripted. Well, it wasn't scripted, and it was goddamn entertaining. Now, forget, you want to be a TV show, you want to be this TV program, that's fine. Take the script away a little bit. Be entertaining. Mm -hmm. You know what? You're not going to have 1.5 million viewers. You might get back to four or five. I don't know if we'll ever get to 16 shares or whatever it was again. But it worked. It worked. Why? 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 Give people the creative freedom. Some of the best television, best movies, you, you hear stories about like Adam Sandler when he makes movies. Sometimes they go off script and it makes for funny things and they keep them in and, and, it, and it's classics. I don't know if I'd use Adam Sandler as an example. The guy bores the crap out of me, but I well, what you're saying. Uh, maybe Kevin James. I don't know. Look, I'm, I watch guys, are look, these, are I watch guys in rubber funny? suits. Destroy are, cities. Are these people who you find funny? That's pathetic, yeah. dog. I'm not a comedy guy per se. What are you? Sci-fi writer. Sci-fi man. Sci-fi. Sci-fi. We'll we'll bring we'll we'll bring on uh, we'll bring on Adam Tiger. We can talk Godzilla for hours on end. Let's do that. Let's do D that. Different um, podcast. No, and think of it this way. In 1996, Vince had a bunch of wrestling fans watching the show. In 1999, he had a bunch of non-wrestling fans watching his show by giving wrestling, doing wrestling. I mean, it was salacious and whatnot, but whatever. He made non-wrestling fans watch his program instead of trying to change his program to interest non-wrestling fans. So he keeps trying to, you know, bend into pop culture as opposed to doing his thing, which is timeless. Pro wrestling is timeless. It's It gets a bad rap, and wrestling fans have been abused for years because people think, you know, because it is uh, choreographed that it's fake, right? I assure you, as you and I have both bounced off the ropes before, it is not fake. The outcome may be predetermined, the punch is held back, but you get hurt. It does hurt, and there's a lot of athleticism and skill. Both of us had the three stripes, four actually, because we didn't do it the same way every time, across our back and bruises from the ropes. If you don't do it right, they bite you. It hurts. We had those bruises. We did the hours of collar elbow tie-ups and walking back and forth and squats and 
all of that stuff. None of that stuff felt fake at all. I remember both of us after that first day, we were wiped. We were wiped, dude. Absolutely wiped. I think I went through three or four shirts, two gallons of water. And I don't remember. I feel like my mom had food waiting for us when we got back. Do you remember? I think so. All I know is I had a headache for days. Yeah. Because, hey, make sure you tuck your chin. Yeah. No problem, man. Bam, bang. Head off the mat. The mat. The mat. I mean, it's not a mat. Head off the boards that were covered yeah. with something. Wood covered by a tiny little piece of foam. Right. Yeah. It's, but we love it. And, but yeah. you go back to it like, yeah, pro wrestling fans get a bad rap, but it, go back in the, go back in our day, you know, go back to high school, go back to college. There were chicks walking around with Austin 316 shirts on. You know, I'm walking around Kane University in a Taz shirt. Yo, man, Taz. Yeah. You, you, you don't, I don't know. You, you don't try to conform to what everyone else is doing. It never works. It's never been that way. You create your own entity, your own entertainment, your own vision, your own, I guess now, hashtag, right? Like they WWE doing their own thing would make them trending worldwide, like they like to say. And they become more popular than they are. You get the kids doing whatever, you know, wearing, I don't know, not fiend masks anymore. But who, I don't even know who they would wear, a Roman Reigns shirt, uh, whatever. There's no one. Roman Reigns shirt. It's, and that's the other thing, too, is, is who is your audience? Who is, you've got a show on at 9 p.m. on Monday nights. My kids are in bed at that point. Yes. So, who exactly are you selling this late night Monday show to? You're, Cause you're not fully making it for adults. We're the audience. The idea being that we're going to buy the ticket and we're going to take our kids with us. The problem is I've had kids. You, you have kids. My kids are like, eh. I actually had my son and I, I wasn't paying attention to what I was doing. Uh, I was watching on replay the Nick Gage Chris Jericho death match on mm-hmm. national television. He's like, oh, my God. That's yeah. so cool that they're doing this. WWE isn't like that. He's seven years old. And I'm like, you can't watch this. you know. But he was smart enough at that age to say, ooh, that's different. Yeah. No, they noticed that. And I've, I've tried to get my kids into wrestling. And a couple of years ago, um, a couple of them did. And my oldest daughter, she got into it. I don't know. She watched a little bit of it. I remember she was crying one night because Sheamus didn't win. She's a big Sheamus fan. Okay. And then and then she I remember it was a Royal Rumble and John Cena didn't win the Royal Rumble. And again, she was crying that night because and it was a rough night for her because she's like, I guess Nikki Bella also not lost the same night. And she was just like upset. And I'm like, honey, what's what's wrong? And she's like, John Cena didn't win. And now he's not even going to be champion again. And Nikki Bella didn't win either. And I'm like, honey, I'm so proud of you right now. But this is ridiculous. <laughs> you need to not be upset about it. Um, I like that. I like being invested because I was invested. And I, I, I'm not, I promise I'm not in love with the sound of my own voice here, but it would just be nice if they would kind of just kind of look at, at, at who's watching it, who wants to watch it, and work with us a little bit, as opposed to just being in love with this idea of putting out a show that is geared for the generic TV audience. Well, that's for, the sake of, 
because Raw's been on since 1993. It's been on Monday nights. We just have to put it on because that's how it works. Who who's in the first ever match on Raw? Wasn't it Bret Hart and no, you're, you're shaking your head. No, I don't remember Undertaker. I can picture it. I just can't. I, I, I can't. I don't know who was it. A lot of ass in that match. Rikishi, but not but not as Rikishi, right? It no, was, it was uh, Yokozuna. Oh, that's right. Versus Coco Beware. Oh, good old Coco. I love Coco Beware. I think he's in the Hall of Fame with the bird. Is he? He may be, or he should be. He should be. Yeah, I don't believe he is though. Well, I'm gonna have to look it up. But let's get to it. All right. So, right. So, like, let's talk wrestling. Is that the thing that AEW is succeeding at? Is they have said. We're going to grow our audience because it's cool, but we're going to target the the wrestling fan, the 18 to 49 demographic of ECW fans and Attitude Era fans, and we're going to give them just a little bit of everything. Is that where they're succeeding? Because you said it to me over text message. You're like, dude, I called AEW. That was really good wrestling. And I've had other people say to me, ah, I started watching AEW. This is really good. Yeah, it is, but I worry about AEW in a sense that um, if everybody's Han Solo, then nobody's Han Solo, right? So if everybody goes out there and everyone is the cool... I got to tell you, I have no idea what that reference means. Now, I know who Han Solo is, okay, but that is completely over my head. All right, so look at it this way, right? In WWE, we'll go back to like 94, 93, right? You've got your Shawn Michaels, and he fills a role. You've got your Bret Hart, and he fills a role. You've got your Razor Ramon, and he fills a role. You've got your underdog, one, two, three, kid, he fills a role. You've got your big monster, Yokozuna, and he fills a role. You've got all these characters that are different, right? And each one fills a role. Bret Hart is the, he's the champion. He's the face of, of the new generation. He's, he's the leader. You've got your sexy boy, Shawn Michaels. You've got your... You know, power from a, a foreign land, Yokozuna. You've got your tough, macho guy, Razor Ramon. Again, the underdog, one, two, three kid. You've got your nasty Bastion Booger, right? That Remember him? You've got all of these characters that play a role because they're different. You watch a different, you get the different thing. But if every match is Shawn Michaels versus Shawn Michaels, and then the next match is going to be Shawn Michaels teaming with Shawn Michaels against. Sean Michaels and Sean. So if everybody's Han Solo, nobody's Han Solo. If your entire promotion is people who fit the same role of doing the same moveset and the same personality and the same gimmick, then eventually it's just white noise. You have to mix it up a little bit. And the one thing I noticed was why so many factions? I love factions, but every single person who came out was in a faction. I don't don't know. I, I the co my co-host here on In the Flight Show, Brett, was very adamant that factions equal ratings. Big Nation of Domination fan, you know. And I, I bust his chops now because I'm like, dude, AEW, everybody. Well, and it, it, AEW's you know, genesis was the Elite, and which was a spinoff of the Bullet Club because there were, you know. Yeah, I agree with you. There are way, way too many factions. I, I, I do feel, though, as though they've kind of maybe started backing off a little bit of it with the, the second show now starting up. I don't know. But, yeah, everyone is in a faction. 
and the point, of, the, said, the point of a faction is to have one person emerge as a star. Right. The faction insulates the group. It insulates everybody in there so they can have some room to grow. Right. That's the point of the faction. Kind of like a tag team, but it's a bit bigger than that. Every tag team, the goal is to eventually break them up and have one person be the star. So having a faction again with is with the intent of having one person be a star. Look at you know gang warfare in the late '90s. All those different factions. You had DX. The goal was to have one of them break out as a star, which you got Triple H. Nation of Domination absolutely launched the Rock. Um, it didn't work out. So you know, DOA. I think they had hopes for Crush, maybe you know, being a merger, even Brian Lee, they were thinking possibly, but there just wasn't enough charisma in that group to be able to do it. And same with the break was, right? Savio Vega was the leader, but there wasn't really anybody there who was a standout. But the point is, even now, look at, I mean, you know, the Undisputed Era. The purpose of that was for somebody to emerge from, from the faction, which of course is Adam Cole. So same thing again, if everybody is in an Undisputed Era faction in the same company, you're not you're not diversifying your product enough. And I think AEW could eventually, and I say this with the most respect, but I know this I'm not going to come across that way, is that you can't really be a mark for yourself too much. And I worry that AEW is going to allow an environment where everybody goes out there and eventually everybody has to get their shit in, you know, and, and you're just looking at guys out there being marks for themselves. Which was one of the early criticisms, and, and I, I worry that it's going to stick around. See, I, I you just you, you just nailed it. It was a very early criticism when you had Kenny Omega, uh, the the Young Bucks. Uh, well, I've never I'm on the record. I've never been a Young Bucks fan. I I, I am. I, they're athletic as hell. It's entertaining. Uh, I I go back to a match on Dynamite in the past. I don't know four six weeks, four to six months, where they were wrestling the Lucha Brothers. It was a great match. But they hit a they hit their super kick, and the Lucha Brothers flipped out. I'm like, oh my god, man! Like, dude, that's supposed to end it right then and there. There was no; it was just moves for the sake of moves. Yeah. Um, I think though, this is just my opinion. You're seeing certain people come into play. Tony Khan's a smart businessman, uh, from the aspect of running pro sports teams, and that's how he's treating this. He's treating this like his soccer club, which. People don't, don't like him for that. I, I don't know. I don't follow soccer. He's treating it like the Jaguars. You're bringing in certain guys who are very, very well respected. Your Mark Henrys, your big shows, your Christian Cages. Everyone, oh, well, another WWE cast off. Now, but but guys that get it, Taz, Taz, I think is a huge, huge help. Could be to that locker room. Remember, he used to have a finishing school. You'd go to pro wrestling school. You'd do all this stuff. You could go to Taz's school out in Long Island and learn how to, quote, unquote, finish matches. I think they got to get back into into that role as a company away from what you're talking about, everybody getting their shit in. And I imagine with some of the guys showing up, it's going to go that way. The rumor, at least. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. It's They, they have to learn that. And I use the analogy again. Everybody's got to be different. You have to have different flavors because not everybody wants to see Shawn Michaels versus Shawn Michaels over and over and over again. You want to see Bastion Booger out there just to change it up a little because then when Shawn Michaels comes out, it's special. But, you know, with the Meltzer driver being hit 
every which way, every angle. I mean, if you hit that move in the 80s, the wrestler would have to be dead, right? I mean, it would have to be because it was so impactful. I mean, I'd watch a match, Don Morocco versus Dino Bravo, and the match would be over because someone, you know, hit a guy with a forearm when, when he wasn't paying attention. That, that was enough to end the match. But now you got to do a somersault flip onto a guy's legs and get pile-driven at the same time from the top rope onto a table. It's like, all right. I can, to me, that's, it's a little overboard. And I'm not here to start a spot monkey debate on that. But things like that, I do think, long-term, really kind of take away from the move. You look at Mr. Perfect's um, philosophy, right? And go back and watch his matches against um, enhancement talent. And he doesn't hit them with all his, you know, his moves. He comes up, he'll shove them, right? He'll give him a right fist. He'll throw him in there. He'll give him a drop kick, you know. But he's just kind of standing there, like using his light stuff on the guy, just to show how how powerful he is, how dominating he is. He he even oh, you, you can't even oh look at just slap across the face. Oh, you're so wheelie, push you down. Oh, you're back up to your feet. Oh, body slam. You're on the ground again. Um, and it, it keeps your moves. So when he hits you with, you know, a stiff clothesline or something, it looks devastating. But these guys, they don't do it. They're, they're just getting all the moves in repeatedly. And I think it hurts. It, you know, it, it hurts. It hurts them. It hurts their stuff, so to speak. I got a Paw Patrol watch going off to my right here. So yeah, Paw Patrol watch going off. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's over there. But no, I agree with every point you just made, especially as it as it pertains to specific talent. Uh, it it does. You're right. I, I mean, but I, I feel like as though at the same time, I've seen some changes to it. I could be wrong. It could just be me looking at it through AEW glasses. Uh, I see it kind of going in a different direction. It's going to be real interesting to see what happens starting Friday night when you get guys like CM Punk, Daniel Bryan show up, uh, allegedly. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the rumor is that Do you think he's going to show? CM Punk? Yeah. Yeah, well, if CM Punk does not show up in Chicago, and, like, I, I follow certain dirt, dirt sheets. I don't even want to call them dirt sheets, but uh, Fightful, Fightful Select, really, really good. Uh, it's not right to call Sean Ross Sapp a, a dirt sheet writer. He's real good. It's almost signed. It's signed, sealed, and delivered. Daniel Bryan, maybe not so much. What happens then, right? If if CM Punk doesn't show up in Chicago, the AEW has that problem because they have teased big signings and huge stars showing up, and nothing against Christian Cage. I like Christian. Christian is one of the greatest workers. Of the last twenty five years, mm-hmm. but when you you you, pull, you know you pump it up that here come this this guy's coming. People are talking Rock, they're talking Brock, they're talking Punk, they're talking Brian Danielson, and you get Christian. It's a letdown a little bit. Uh, if they drop the ball on CM Punk in Chicago, which they're not going to, I think the only question is: is it first or last? It's going to be a, a huge letdown. But those they show up, right? Here, here you have guys, and you don't want to admit it because you hate Brian Danielson. I don't hate him. I don't. You always like strap that label to me. I don't hate him. I don't get. Actually, no, I do get the appeal with WWE being the heel, and their seemingly bad treatment of Daniel Bryan. It 
makes him the de facto babyface. Whether he deserves it or not, yes, he's a hard worker. He's good in the ring. But I don't find him to be a superstar in terms of, like, I'm not going to stop flipping through the channels because he's on. You know, but everybody seems to act like he's just this world-shattering, charismatic presence. And I don't believe he has any charisma at all. And, Brian, if you're watching, I know you're not. I'm not trying to insult you. I'm not, even though it sounds pretty harsh. I don't. I admire your in-ring work, but not everybody. I'm not a star. Doc's, I mean, Doc's Doc. He might be a star. I don't know. I'm a star in my own mind. That's all that matters. Mark for yourself, right? You know, that's what, you should change the name of the show to Mark for Myself. My children right. watched me on YouTube. My son was flipping through, and I don't know how he found it. But he's like, dude, you're on TV. This is great. I, 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 that's all I need. You know what? My son saw I, I, I put on one of my videos, and he's looking at me and looking at that, and he said, that's the that's an imposter daddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I said because we were watching Transformers, and you have all you know the imposter Prime, imposter Megatron, and he's so he's he's certain that that's an imposter daddy on TV. I said, no, that's actually your dad. It's like fake, it's like Faker He Man. Um, what happens here though? So you get these guys, you get Brian Danielson, you get CM Punk. Does that change the trajectory of of an AEW? Does that make them? more than what they are now or right now and again this kind of plays into what i was saying before i think it hurts daniel bryan brian danielson going to aew because yeah he's gonna be hot for a few weeks and then he's not in wwe anymore so you can't be mad at wwe he's over there so he's the baby face aew is the baby face a lot of the popularity I feel that he got was from the mistreatment. But if he's not being mistreated in AEW anymore, well, now he doesn't have the sympathetic underdog, let's root for him feel to him anymore. Will that impact him? Will that change how the crowds respond to him? Or absolutely not. They're going to be happy to see him. They're going to cheer for him like a madman every time he comes out, every time he hits the kicks repeatedly. People are going to love it and go crazy. Which is it? I I think he loses a little bit of that steam from just merely not being in WWE. Don't get me wrong. The first several times he's out there, it's going to be Road Warrior pop. You know, everybody's going to love to see him there. They they will. But I think again, a lot of his popularity because there's a lot of people who can do similar move sets, and they're not anywhere near as popular or have the following that he does. So yeah, he, I, he, fair point. I, I mean, he was kind of the a trendsetter in that style, almost a continuation of, we don't mention him, but Chris Benoit, as far as the, the work, I'm not saying he's that level of talent. No. But when you thought Chris Benoit, it was not a charismatic individual, but it was a guy that could go in the ring, right? He wasn't Eddie Guerrero. No, he wasn't Eddie. He he wasn't Eddie, but there was a, yeah, there was an intensity to him that transcended a lack of charisma, a lack of personality. It was, there was, a, yeah, yeah. Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson showing up in an AEW is going to be interesting for that reason because it is going to be the wrestler, the American Dragon, the guy who could go and put on five star matches against Takeshi Morishima and AJ. He's Stanford. gonna have to. He's gonna have to. He's because yeah. anything less than that from now, from here on out, you can't blame it on all oh, WWE's holding him back, or he's not getting a chance to creatively express himself. And maybe he goes there and he's just lights out and changes my mind and my opinion of him. And I'm like, holy crap, this guy is amazing. Wow, WWE really held him back. I'm open to having my mind completely blown by that. I am. But 
he, he's going to have to now because the the safety net of blaming WWE for him not being able to do certain types of matches um, and elevate to certain levels, that's going to be gone. This is going to be all on him, and and he's going to have to go out there and perform no excuses. And I actually think you're going to see it in this weird new world where everybody exists together with the exception of WWE. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see these matches not necessarily on TNT or TBS or pay-per-view. I think you might have to get – uh, NJPW World, and it might happen at a Wrestle Kingdom, or uh, I, I have no problem with it at all. New Japan Dominion, that kind of thing. Did you ever think that we would get back to a real pro wrestling world of acknowledging that everybody else existed except for the WWE? It's really weird. It's like 1980s all over again. Like, yeah, there's this WWE thing, right? They're doing their own thing. But we have these other organizations over here where we all know that we exist. We kind of co-mingle. Uh, one's on top. That would be the a- that would be AEW now. It was NWA back in the eighties. WCW. But everybody's kind of doing this uh, this dance. This uh, they walk through this forbidden door. Do you like it, or is it like ah a little too much? No, I like it. I I, I do. I one of my favorite things as a kid about wrestling was the PWI magazine. And Pro Wrestling Illustrated, it treated it that way that you just said. It acknowledged the entire wrestling as a whole. It gave rankings for each promotion. It even did a, a you know its top ten for all of them, all of the promotions combined. And I love that because it really centered on the sporting aspect of it to me as a kid. And that's why my most excited issue every year was the PWI 500. And it, it looked at the wrestling world as a whole, not just, and that's how I want to see it. I want to see wrestling as the entire pro wrestling world, not just a WWE thing. Um, but I liked it. I liked that. And I would spend all kinds of time. I would read those things cover to cover to cover the 500. And most of my wrestling knowledge came from, from that. So I was excited because I read about this guy named John Hawk in the PWI 500. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. This guy sounds great. And then all of a sudden, I find out John Hawk is signed with WWE. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is awesome. And then I see Justin Hawk Bradshaw show up. And I already knew who he was ahead of time. I was excited about that. I remember the tag team of Al Snow and Unibom, you know, in Smoky Mountain. Yep. Yes. So I already knew about this Unibom guy. And I'm like, wow, this guy's awesome. Also wrestles as Bruiser Mastino. This guy sounds great. And then all of a sudden, go ahead. No, you were going to. I'm glad you mentioned Bruiser Mastino. There was a, a, a picture that was floating around on the internet, i got to find it, of Bruiser Mastino versus Sting. Yes. So go go back to it. Sorry. Yeah, no, 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 but you're right. And, and I read about this guy named Chris Candido, and I every time I read it, I'm like, this guy sounds awesome. You know, from the little blips here in Smoky Mountain, his tag team with Brian Lee. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I really hope WWE signs WWF at the time. They signed this Chris Candido and Brian Lee guy. This is awesome. And they did sign Chris Candido, and I was so excited when I, I found out. I mean, they made him skip. But I love that magazine because, going back to your point, and I, I know I got derailed here, is looking at wrestling as a whole, it allowed me to get excited about these guys ahead of time, before they were even in there. And I had attachments to them before they arrived. It wasn't just, oh, okay, here's the, this blonde guy, Skip Wrestling. I don't know anything about him. I don't really care. It By having this whole world aspect of it, it makes – these other characters, when they appear on on 
your favorite program. It makes it special. It would be like just if you're watching football, let's just say baseball. You're watching baseball and you're a Phillies fan. Yeah, they're, they're, playing, they're watching, playing your boys. What's that? They're playing your boys right now. They're right down the street from you. They're not. I'm not. You do this all the time. I'm not an Arizona sports fan. I'm not an Arizona sports fan. You've been there for 35 years. You got it. You got it. I'm, I have not been. I've been here since 2005. I've been here 16 years. Could not care less about Arizona sports teams. I went to Kane University for four semesters. I'm not good at math. I see that. Yeah. Um, you made me completely lose my train of thought, dude. You're a I Philly know, fan. You're talking about the Phillies. You're a Phillies so. fan. Yeah. All right. Now imagine if all you watched were Phillies games playing your the Phillies. They split split squad, and that's all you did. You watch baseball games of. Phillies A versus Phillies B. And then there's a trade, and you got this new player on your team, and you didn't know anything about him. You had to watch, well, do I like this guy? Is he having a good week, a bad week? Is he, what, what is this? What's, what's that? But you play other teams, and you watch other games, and you see other players, and you read information about minor leaguers, and you read information about other teams' players who are, are, are good and maybe want to trade and, and how they might be able to help your team. So looking at this unit of wrestling that's a much larger picture than just WWE. I love, and I'm, I'm glad that we have this thing where there's an acknowledgement of this company, that company. Um, you're not just pretending like things don't exist. Once you open it up, and that's what made the NWO so popular. That, that kicked the door open. Not only were you admitting it, like saying, yes, we know there's another company, but their star is right here on our show right now, yep. this other company. If they would have brought him back in as Vinny Vegas and pretended like nothing then they should have gone out of business that day. Yeah. You know, if they brought back the diamond stud, but they didn't do it. They acknowledged it and the fans loved it. And, and that was a huge deal. And I really think that that's the type of thing that needs to happen now. I, I They do need to drop, you know, comments toward AEW. They do need to drop comments towards Japan or, you know, talk about the success people have had elsewhere. They need to do that. It only helps the entirety of the industry. It's interesting to, to kind of put a bow on it because this is kind of where we started with NXT. You know, in-house, WWE could do that, right? Their forbidden door is NXT treating it as a different – and it's a different entity, but they treat it as this weird cast-off. You know, yeah. they could do that. Uh, WWE does not have the history of doing it. I can think of maybe – Factoring out the after the buyout, right? Because you knew that was the angle. When Hogan showed up as the NWO, they mentioned WCW, blah, blah, blah. I can really only think of two times in my lifetime where WWE acknowledged that an athlete was from elsewhere. Ric Flair? Yeah. And this is my lifetime. So this is going back to 1982. Ric Flair? Because that was a big deal when he that showed up. Acknowledge where he came from. Right. He showed up with the belt. Yeah. And then they I remember Gorilla Monsoon said, we don't know where you got that from. Here's what oh, he yeah. said. He said, we don't have a clue where you got it. So oh, there was that. As a fan, I guess, you knew. I mean, as a fan, yes. But yeah. they, didn't, they didn't say, oh, yeah, he's a star for well, NWA, for a former right. NWA champion. But go but ahead. The other guy would have been AJ Styles recently. When he debuted yes. at the Royal Rumble, it was, oh, my God, this is AJ Styles. You know, they acknowledged his stardom elsewhere. They mentioned Japan in this case and not TNA because uh, we can't put over TNA because, you know, it's TNA. But they acknowledged it nonetheless. I, I, to me, 
come back to where we started this thing with NXT, just imagine if they said, hey, that's Karrion Cross. He's the NXT champion, hasn't lost in a year and a half. He has this awesome side, you know, this awesome wife. We don't have to call her his wife, but this this valet who does this cool thing with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be kind of neat. I think so. And, I mean, go back to my favorite era. WWE did do that a little bit when NW when the pressure from WCW started to mount a little bit. They started. Um, it was Smoky Mountain was the first one as soon as they brought Cornette in, and this is when Bobby Heenan and Mean Gene went to WCW. They brought in Cornette, and he was supposed to be the one to replace Bobby Heenan. But as part of the deal, Cornette wanted WWE to get Smoky Mountain some some mention. So they talked about Smoky Mountain. We saw the Heavenly Bodies on there, the Rock and Roll Express. We got some Smoky Mountain in there. But also, uh, Jerry Lawler's USWA afterwards. And they treated USWA like a developmental for a while. A lot of guys would go down there and train and wrestle and come back up a little more skilled. Papa Shango spent a lot of time down there. Um, They even sent Undertaker down just, you know, to help pop the crowds for Jerry. But uh, remember they brought PG-13 up, Wolfie D and JC Ice. They had some time. I mean, they were USWA champions. But the point is, is that they used them and and even just mentioning them and bringing that fresh, like, oh, wow, these are the tag team champions from USWA. That's pretty cool. I like that. I enjoyed the fact that we were bringing people I'd read about and knew about, and I could see them on my preferred programming. It's a, I don't know that he'll do it, though, again, because he thinks he's not wrestling, he's TV. He'd just yeah. assume bring in somebody from CSI Miami. Is that still a show? Uh, okay, I'm asking yeah. the wrong dude. You were so, at, you know what? My, my world now revolves around Peppa Pig, Blues, Clues, and You, the new one, not the old one, the new one, Bubble enough. Guppies. We're kind of getting back in the dinosaur train here a little bit. So, mm-hmm. Well, I know how much you love Daniel Tiger. So it's important. Fuck that guy. I'm going to have to edit this out. You want to talk about a prick. Daniel Tiger's a little prick. I would have figured, coming from Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, Daniel Tiger would be a wholesome individual. He's not allowed in our house. He's banned. He made the list. He did. Well, it's it's funny because you get so, like, I don't know, man. As a parent, right, you're tired. You're lost most of the time. Don't know. I was watching Daniel Tiger, and... He was about to eat something with peaches in it. And I'm yelling at the TV, no, you can't do that. You're allergic, right? But then I'm like, oh, this is a cartoon. He can't hear me. I'm tired. I need to go to bed. Um, You know Daniel Tiger's allergic to peaches, right? Have you seen that episode? I haven't watched Daniel Tiger now. He hasn't been allowed in our house in five years. He's allergic to peaches. So they didn't have to peach right away. And, um, yeah, just keep peaches on hand at your house. So, yeah, there's another episode where he's at a party and everybody's having peach pie, which is a great birthday party thing. Hey, guys, instead of cake and ice cream, we're having peach pie. Awful parenting. I'd love to have pie at a party, but not that kind of pie. He's like, oh, I can't have that. I'm so disappointed. And, you know, then they're like, well, you can have strawberries instead. He's like, yay. Anyway, I was like, no, he's allergic. And then that's just a reflex as a parent where you're immediately in – in the mode to stop things from happening. We watch a lot of Daniel Tiger. In fact, I'm pretty sure my son's watching it right now. Yeah, get that thing off your television, man. I can't. It's the only thing that calms him down. <sighs> so I will watch it, but it is the only thing that calms him down. We're on Paddington Bear. Okay. Adventures of Paddington. We've gone British. 
you know, which makes sense. Sports wire, sports wire radio originated as Sportinarium in, in the UK. Uh, maybe yeah. it's a kind of a, a whole thing. We're now worldwide, though, based out of uh, the states. Especially, I think we got to come back. I think we got to come back in a few weeks okay. after all of this dust settles. Because look, AEW is we got some. We got SummerSlam coming up. Oh, by the way, real quick, real quick thoughts. There has been rumor that John Cena gets title 17 at SummerSlam, beating Roman Reigns. If you got a bucket, I'm giving you a pencil. You have John Cena go over and then lose the next night kind of deal or two nights later on Raw, back to Roman Reigns, maybe some shenanigans, that kind of stuff. Or do you just let Roman run right to the rock at WrestleMania in Texas? So what would be the point in giving Cena the title, aside from just breaking Ric Flair's record here? Or is that just going to be a holy cow that we can't go near, a sacred cow that we can't go near? It's kind of a little bit of both. The, the, it's going to be Friday night. The news cycle in the wrestling world is going to be firmly planted in Chicago, Illinois, and AEW and CM Punk. We're going to shock the world by having John Cena – win title 17 he's beating rick flair's record it's the greatest record of all time yada 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 it'll change the the conversation back to wwe center for a company that's not a wrestling company and doesn't care what other people do if cm punk is showing up i i do you just give up that night and say look this isn't going to be our night or, or do you, or I mean, at the risk of having a huge moment like Cena breaking the record be overshadowed by CM Punk. I mean, you risk that, right? You risk that. If CM Punk shows up and, and now your big moment has been squashed because CM Punk showed up, that would be bad. But Vince is one of those, put my whole junk into it and just assume that it's going to be, you know, enough. So I, I think I can see... I can see Vince doing that. I think I can see him putting over Cena for the belt. I spent with Rick leaving. I mean, maybe that's why Rick asked to leave is because he got wind of the fact of their plan to – I'm just speculating here. No, sure. You know, we need you to – to. Um, we just want you to know that the record was going to be was going to be broken. And, you know, Flair, he's, he's a mark for himself, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. He's like, oh, come on, you guys. So then Flair's got to go to – AEW and win another world title there at some at seventy one years of age or whatever he is now. I'm very scared that that might actually occur. Oh, I think it will. I think I think it absolutely will. I think Flair's going to find himself with another world title once they find once he found out Cena was going to win. I believe Flair's talked with Cody and Cody's like, "Come over here, we'll do it." No, I mean that. Like, look that at that point. I appreciate AEW's acknowledgement of the past, and especially being on TNT and TBS. There yeah. is a lineage that goes back to NWA and WCW that you should acknowledge. I, it, it is what it is. It's wrestling. That was the other channel. 605 on Saturday nights was very important. I made it a point uh-huh. to watch it. Yeah. I loved it. I loved, I same, loved Saturday night, yeah. At the same time. You're thinking about it now. This is going to happen, isn't it? Oh, my God. Look, I'm taking off my hat. I'm rubbing my yeah. head. This isn't yeah. good. Rick I got to hang up now. I got to go have, like, four Foolies and go watch some, some wrestling because I'm going to lose my mind. If Rick, 
we'll Rick Flair is on Twitter. Rick Flair is going to go to ADW, and he's going to win another world title. Well, you should do that. You should you should put that on Twitter, and you should tag at ITF show at Book It Pal, and, and then we'll see what people say. I want to I want to get Vin Vin Rispo his take on it too because I know he's one of my big fans now. I he, tried to order some ITF merchandise, but it was all sold out. And uh, I called him like, "Hey, why can I not get any ITF?" And they're like, "Some guy V Rispo ordered all of it. He's got all of it. Super fan. He is a super fan. Yeah, Hashtag super fan. It's not. He's not. It's not like creepy. Like he hasn't sent you his panties yet, has he?" No, 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 no. no. Okay. All right. So I'm saying, like, if you see him in person, he's going to take his top off for you. Yeah. No. Well, maybe. Maybe. Do you know we have our own ref? You have your own ref. We're not the only show that has that. You know, there's other shows that have their own ref. They're not the yeah. only one. We have our own ref. Yeah. You do. Who is it? Hey, Greg Rubin. At I don't. He's not on Twitter. Greg Rubin from Atomic Wrestling in Florida. He is our referee. That's awesome. He's looking lean at me. He was supposed to have an MLW hit. I don't know what happened, but I'm not going to bury him. I'm not going to bury that. I like them and, yeah. and, you know, and ruin any chances. Well, what's up, Greg Rubin? Greg uh, Rubin, you should show up. And uh, when we actually put on a program, a show, a card, which will happen one day. Yeah. Because you've got my mind thinking now. Maybe Ric Flair can win the uh, ITF uh, championship for the 17th time. I think he'd take it. At this point... Yeah, I just gotta pay him. He'll show up as long as he gets paid. I can tell. I can see your mind right now. Your brain is thinking that over, and you can't think of one reason why it's not going to happen now. I Ric Flair isn't going to roll up Christian for a three count, and or whoever has the championship, and grab another title to steal this moment away from John Cena as well. Oh my God! Look at this. I, what if it's uh, Christians? Maybe Christian in the in the Impact World Title. Does it have to be AEW? No, any world title, but uh, AEW makes the most sense. AEW makes the most sense, especially with Cody and Flair and Dusty's relationship together and Cody's desire to just stick it to WWE. I believe believe that this is the plan. This is what's going to happen. Well, I was going to have you back in a few weeks. Uh, once we kind of the dust settles with everything and we can book it better again, pal. But yeah. I don't know now because we might be talking about a Ric Flair 17th world title. Yeah, I'm – when you lay it out like that, John Cena winning the championship again, Ric Flair just mysteriously wanting out while he's got a cushy job, you know, saying the company has a different vision for him and then knowing how important that record is to him, I can see him – just being like, no, and then talking to Cody, and Cody's like, you know what, we're going to make it happen. John Cena can win a 17, or, you know, you're going to grab another one. And just negating the whole thing again. I, I, To me, I don't see any other... This almost unfolds itself at this point. Tell people, where where, where can people find you? Because I got to hang, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to exit here. I can't have, I can't have this conversation anymore. This is going to drive me insane. On Twitter at Big Brad Wolf with an E at the end. Hashtag BBW. You gotta get not that boneless buffalo wings, and everybody thinks that that's what it's a play on. Buffalo but wings. Boneless buffalo wings. I know they're thick and juicy and delicious, but this is the other BBW. It's a glorified chicken nugget. 
care if it's a glorified chicken nugget. Oh, I don't care. You think I have a problem eating a boneless buffalo wing? I'm just saying it's a glorified you put chicken. Put buffalo nugget. sauce on anything, and I'll probably eat it. Very, very, very good point. Yeah, glorified chicken nugget or not, you put it on on whatever. You put it on a tater tot. I'm going to eat. You can call it a buffalo nugget. Whatever. I don't care. I'll eat it. It's got buffalo. How, sauce on. how underrated is the tater tot? I don't know. You're probably not asking the right guy. I'm not a huge mark for tater tots. Oh my god! You've been out of Are New you? Jersey. You've been out of New Jersey for too long. I have. I have. I'm not even disputing that. I absolutely have. Quick check or Wawa. Back to you. You're going to come back. You're going to be very. You're going to be disturbed how much Wawa has encroached in North in North Jersey. It's going to. It's going to scare you. I loved Wawa. I miss Wawa. We just have crappy QTs out here. I don't even know what that is. They don't even have good sandwiches. There's no good sandwiches anywhere in this place except Jersey Mike's. See, I, I noticed that a lot. I'm on these Facebook groups like cheesesteaks and sandwiches, and people are like, oh, man, I'm in Cheyenne, Wyoming. The only yeah. place I can get a good sandwich is Jersey Mike's. This is awful. There's – where is the – there's that green – I forgot the name. Is that Quick Cash or something? Is that a store? A Quick Check. Quick Check. A quick something. Quick Quick cash I'm, not, I'm not a quick check guy. I'm a Wawa guy. I don't mind quick check. Uh, I'm a Wawa Wawa guy as well. But quick check had a good sandwich too. Decent. I went back Decent. one I mean, time. Okay. Dude, the sandwiches here are basically Subway. All right. So <laughs> quick check is miles ahead of it. And right now, a roast beef, American cheese, lettuce, salt, pepper, oregano, vinegar, oil. Please, I need that sandwich. On that note, I think I'm going to get Wawa delivered, and I'm going to have yes. a late night, and I'm going to go binge watch for some old school wrestling Sounds and cool. ponder Ric Flair winning Title 17 uh, on AEW. Probably full gear is at their next one. You, you've do just spoil this. Do we post this on the internet and then let people get aware of this plan? Uh, yeah, I think we got to. And then when it happens, we can say, "Look, we told you so." Well, yeah. I mean, at this point, I think <laughs> I'm sure this is. I'm sure they probably already know. Other people in the business know that this is probably what's going to happen but uh you know you're right we should probably put it out there at least for those who, who maybe not be aware of it but uh i think i think we've, we've foreseen a, a very strong potential for the next few weeks anything else you want to plug here there really isn't anything big brad wolf um action figures wrestling talk that's all i got thanks for having me on man i appreciate you coming on i'm glad we could work the people a little bit it was fun bit. you it was are- fun you're you're the wrestling you're the other you're the, you're more of a wrestling savant than I am so I can't wait till we come back and we have uh we'll we'll really book it better we'll go watch something old school or we'll talk something yes. old school uh maybe that'll I'll shit on Bret Hart that'll <laughs> well I'm looking forward to you trying look at it it took me one hour and 19 minutes and 35 seconds before I even took a, a shot at him yes That's a good I'm impressed I'm impressed I'm Mike that's big Brad Wolf Follow this here at Book It Pal and ITF Show. Catch you later. Have a good night.